0: What is up Dolphins fans and welcome to the Thursday, November 11th, 2021 edition of Locked on Dolphins. It is game day here for the Miami Dolphins Hard Rock Stadium Thursday night football Baltimore Ravens coming to town and on today's episode we're going to be talking about how the Dolphins can craft this upset and secure their second straight dub in primetime. Buckle in. It's going to be a long conversation.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What
0: is up, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Kyle Krabs. Uh, Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, host here on Locked On Dolphins, and very much looking forward to getting into the nitty gritty and the minutia of this matchup against Baltimore team that has really given the Dolphins fits for the better part of every time they've played in the last 10 times or so. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center of communities everywhere. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. McDonald's, I'm loving it. I'm also loving each and every one of you who make Locked On Dolphins your first Dolphins podcast listen of the day. There are a lot of great ones out there. Really appreciate everybody who tunes into the show. So with that said, it's been a it's been a couple of weeks, about two months, since we did a crafting a game plan to beat X type of show. But I felt it was appropriate this week with the short week, and obviously with the crossover Thursday yesterday with Locked On Ravens, and had some uh, film observations from this past week uh, against Houston on the Wednesday show. So if you missed that, check it out. Uh, but today. Kind of a quick turnaround, obviously, when when you're playing on Thursday night football. So, uh, first and foremost, if anybody's going to be at the game, please shoot me a DM on social media. Let me know. Would love to link up with as many of you guys as possible. Would also love to see a Dolphins win. I know that's easier said than done because Baltimore. Everybody's seen the numbers on what the aggregate score the last three times these teams have played has been, and Baltimore's won eight of the last nine and all that jazz. And Lamar Jackson playing at MVP level and coming home and Um, that he's going to be fired up to play in this football game. And I think that's obviously where this conversation has to start. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to get his, that's just the way it is. Uh, The team has run for less than a hundred yards and Lamar Jackson starts just twice in Lamar's career. So there's going to be yards to be had on the ground uh, for Baltimore Lamar's probably going to have an obscene amount of those yards and you are going to have to, I think really have big boy play up front to try to control the line of scrimmage. And I think you're going to need to play a lot of sub to have athletes on the second level of this defense that are capable of trying to scrape and limit Lamar's ability to turn the corner and get North uh, if, they're, if he's going to run between the tackles, you're going to take that. But if they're going to zone read or they're going to option off the end man on the line of scrimmage and they are going to dare your linebackers to get to the perimeter before Lamar turns the corner on them. I am petrified of what that means. If Elandon and Roberts is playing a significant amount of snaps. So I think you're. Probably going to see a lot of bear front from the Dolphins uh, with Sealer, Davis, and Wilkins. Adam Butler's rotating in on passing snaps. I would play him less in this contest, given Baltimore's tendencies to run the football. But also, you're going to want to contain Rush, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. I don't think you're going to want, and the Dolphins don't really do a lot of this anyway, but I would probably simplify a lot of the games that you're playing up front. I wouldn't be twisting and gap exchanging because if somebody's late looping back around and Lamar tucks the ball and you have a free rushing lane, that's right in front of his face. That's when Lamar can absolutely kill you as a quarterback. So I'm not really interested in the two man exchanges and the three man loopers and all the games and twists and stunts up front I would like to play a little heavier. I would like to see them, I should say, play a little heavier personnel. And if you're going to lose to Baltimore, um, I would try to make him do the same thing they tried to make Terod Taylor do uh, when they played Houston the week prior, which was consistently hit throws. Down the field. Now Miami had a couple of miscommunications in coverage. Uh, they kind of ran a an out and up kind of wheel. I, th- I think it was Amendola. Houston did last week, and Xavier Howard in coverage kind of missed the late break upfield, and it was a wide open throw. But Terod Taylor missed him because it was way downfield. Terod Taylor missed a number of throws, twenty plus yards downfield. And if you're going to lose to Baltimore, I want to take away Lamar's legs as best as I can. If they're going to run downhill, go for it, but take away the runs to the perimeter and don't let him break the pocket and force him to stand within the pocket and beat you with his arm down the field. That for me is the most Likely way to generate a script in which Miami can steal this football. And that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, Baltimore, they do have uh, potentially Sammy Watkins coming back. uh, But even if they don't Rashad Bateman, first round pick this year, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. That's a really nice trio. And Bateman, I I think, is a really impressive player. He's starting to come on. He missed the the first month or so of the season. Mm -hmm. Hollywood's got deep speed for days. So what Miami now has to do is kind of ask yourself, what do you want to do in coverage? Because if you're going to contain Rush, uh, you're going to give yourself more time. I wouldn't play a lot of man. I'd play less man than you normally do in this contest. I do a lot of cover three. Uh you're you're gonna need the extra hat. So I wouldn't go quarters or I wouldn't go too high safety stuff a whole lot. A because you're gonna need that safety on the second level that's rolled down to help in the run fit and help counteract Lamar. But you also want the numbers count, you don't wanna be at a super numbers count disadvantage because then Baltimore will just say, Okay, we're gonna pound you up front. And if they're gonna stay in heavy and pound you up front, quite frankly, I don't trust the Dolphins linebackers. Um, to be able to handle that kind of workload and wear and tear. So you can see that some of the conflicts that that Baltimore presents you as a defense, but if it's me, and again, this is just, if it's me, I am specifically playing a lot of three high uh, zone, cover three eyes in the backfield. So that way, if Lamar does run as a passer, people will see him contain rushing. And I want safety on the second level as a scrape defender. Who's not necessarily involved in a specific gap, but can scrape with Lamar. So whatever side uh, the back is to you, you want to account for that when you're lining that safety up in the box, because if Lamar is going to turn to his right, because the back is offset to his right, and that means he's going to be reading the right defensive end or the defensive the, the defense's left defensive end. And if he decides to pull that, you don't want the safety on the other side of the field trying to scrape with that. You want him set up to the same side as the back. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they are able to provide as far as tendency breakers uh, for a lot of what we've known and become accustomed to this team under Brian Flores, but that would be how I would start a game plan to try to diminish Lamar's splash plays. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. Win or lose, it's a place for teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team to come and recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's and reconnect. Somebody say locked on Dolphins watch party McDonald's. I'm loving it. Dolphins fans, we've we've been telling you about our friends over at Get Upside for quite a while, but I cannot emphasize this enough. If you will spend any significant amount of time in the car, you got to get in on this action. Get Upside Listeners are saving up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You can download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. Download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no cash. The cash can get added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: I can hear you guys now. Kyle, that's it? You only have to do 18 million things to diminish Lamar Jackson? What are you going to do on the other side of the ball? Well, I would say this about Baltimore This year defensively, Uh, this is not the same Baltimore Ravens defensive outfit that you are probably accustomed to seeing uh, because Baltimore is by all accounts having a down year on the defensive side of the football versus they are their own standards. And they have been able to elevate that because of Lamar Jackson. They're 21st in points allowed, they are 23rd in yards allowed, and their turnover ratio is 21st in the NFL. There's some opportunities to be had here, and of course, whether or not Miami has um, optimal skill players at their disposal is going to go a long way in determining what this plan of attack is going to look like whether that's Devante Parker and Preston Williams or Tua to Tungvaloa versus Jacoby Brissett. But as I look at what the Dolphins have and have not had success with, regardless of who's a quarterback, they're going to want to tell you that they want to run the football better. And as I am watching the disaster that took place against Houston, as far as the offensive rushing effort, what is abundantly clear to me is that this team is not going to be capable of running the football on first and 10 in two tight end sets. You cannot do it. And one alarming trend that I've seen with the dolphins all season long is they are running in the box counts in which they don't have a numbers advantage. And that is uh, compounded by the fact that there are no teams in the NFL that are threatened by the Dolphins' ability to play vertical. So even like this, the safeties, when you get two high safety looks, the safeties are 12 yards. They're not – you see some of these guys playing out on Mars, lining up and high post safety alignments across the league. Miami's not getting any of that. So what I think Miami has to do is I think they have to find a personnel matchup that they like. If it were me, I'd probably start with Mike and some of the back shoulder throws that you hit on the perimeter. I'm trying to get and link up a couple of successful throws outside the numbers in this game. And if you can max protect, for a shot play or if you want to hit, try to hit a double move, anything. And we said this against Buffalo too. You have to do anything that you possibly can to try to force them to respect the fact that you can hit bigger plays down the field. And I understand with the offensive line, and the pass protection issues that are at hand, that's not really something that's going to be sustainable throughout the course of the entire game, especially against the blitz heavy defense. I understand that. But you can't come rolling out here in condensed 12 personnel sets where there's nine defenders within six yards of the line of scrimmage and try to run the ball. You've got too many instances of guys that are, are stepping down to trying to hit a three technique. Saw this from Jesse Davis on Sunday against the Texans. Uh, there's a three technique, and the gar- Robert Hunt is pulling. And the center, Austin Ryder, has a back block on the three technique, which means he's got a back block on a guy that is a full gap away. He's got plenty of natural leverage for a play that's designed to go to the left. And Jesse steps in to try to chip and slow down and help Ryder on the back block. And in the process proceeds to completely give away the edge where a guy runs completely past him and chases the play down from the back. And then later in the exact same game, there's a linebacker that's mugged up in the B gap and the dolphins are again pulling Robert Hunt. There's a one technique in the a gap, which means the back block from the center is to the a gap player. And Hunt, if he's pulling, that means Jesse Davis is now responsible for the next closest inside man, which is this linebacker that's mugged up in the B-gap. What do you think Jesse did? He stepped outside and took the M-man on the line of scrimmage, and the mugged up linebacker in the B-gap shot through, followed the puller, and created a tackle for loss. So schematically, assignment-wise, they are not where they need to be. And the fact that it's this bad and it's week 10, it's not getting better this year. It's, just, it's simply put, it's not going to get better this year. And it continues to be a testament to the issues that are at hand with the coaching of this team and the experience of the coaches of this team and the lack of inexperience for the players. And obviously for a guy like Jesse, it's even more frustrating because it's like, dude, you're the vet on the, on the group. You're team captain. And I'm not really sure that Miami should ask their offense at any point to come out on first and 10 and try to big boy Baltimore up front. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. I want you throwing. I want play action passes. I want throwing. I want spread sets on first down, and I'm trying to get the second and five. And traditionally, that's most sustainable by running the football, but this is not a traditional team. This is not a traditional offense. There are limitations in place that we would be foolish to ignore. And ergo, I don't think you should come out here and ask the offense to try to do that because all you're going to do is set yourself up in second and 11, and then the pressure is going to come off the edge and they're going to heat you up and they're going to blitz the shit out of you. And you're not going to have an answer for it. You're just not. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this fall. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, it is where the game
1: starts. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: And I alluded to when you get in second and long. They're really going to pressure you off the edge. And one of the things that I've been trying to figure out what the heck's going on with with Liam Meigenberg. And one of the things that I did is I went back and I watched uh, two games from the 2020 college football season where he was playing left tackle, including against Pittsburgh, where he spent a lot of time going against Rashard Weaver, who was a fourth-round pick by the Tennessee Titans in this year's draft. So it's not like he was going up against sister Catherine, 180-pound defense end, right? Just for context. And what I'd like anybody to do, if you have a little bit of time, is I want you to go watch what Liam Eichenberg's two-point stance looks like when he was at Notre Dame and in pass protection. That's important. You know, you want to find one-for-one reps. You don't want to find two-point releases when he's firing off into the the run game. But when he's facing these wide-angled rushers, there's one within the first three plays of the game for Notre Dame-Pittsburgh last year. He's in a two-point stance. Wide nine rusher with Weaver. And he goes into a pass. set. Look at his stance and look at his feet. And what I want you to do next is I want you to go to week one when Austin Jackson was unavailable to play left tackle and Liam Micah Bergman that position. And I want you to look and see what his two point stance looks like when he's in pass sets. And there was one play in particular I found early in the game. I think it was on the second possession in which he was setting against Josh Uche, a second round draft selection out of the university of Michigan, very good football player. And then I want you to go watch what his base and his, his uh, alignment of his feet in his stance looked like this past weekend against Houston. And I'm, His feet are incrementally closer together. His base is exponentially more narrow. And I don't know if this is a Liam thing, or I don't know if this is a coaching thing, but whoever has decided that Liam has got to cut the width of his base by two thirds of the width of his feet. I'm assuming in an effort to try and get more spring and protect the edge and protect outside, Uh, We need to throw that in the trash because every time you watch Liam and he has his problematic reps, he's in this real narrow two-point stance and he's got all his weight loaded on his post leg. And it's like he's trying to drive out of there with so much spring just in an effort to get back and protect the edge. But what you end up seeing is his base breaks down because his base is already so narrow that when he's taking contact, He's not tethered to the ground. And that's why you see him so consistently get pulled off the set. Go watch him pass protect against Pittsburgh last year at Notre Dame. It's a lot of short sets. It's a lot of wide base controlled feet. And then watch what Houston looked like. And the thing that was the most damning for me is week one. He wasn't lining up like this in his stance. And it's like, I don't know what has changed for you throughout the course of the season. I don't know if this is a coaching point, but it's not working. And it's, it's negatively impacting your contact balance, your strike power, your framing of blocks, everything. So how do you fix that? Well, aside of well, fixing his base, again, you get into second and third and intermediates where the urgency of the defense is they have to be at least a little bit more deliberate for the fact that you can try to run the football but if you get second or third or fourth and anything eight plus and they're going to throw the kitchen sink at you you're really going to ex on these issues With whatever is going on With trying to drive for depth And protect against speed off the edge That uh, you know, It's blowing up a lot of his sets right now So on the offensive side of the ball We're going to try to throw on first down And just get Get four plus you know, get, to, get to second and Six or less And if you do that That is, in my opinion, at the core and nucleus of what's going to make a successful offensive day for Miami relative to their own baseline of success. You're going to need a couple bounces of the ball your way. You're probably going to need a big special teams play, and you cannot turn the ball over at all. This four turnover crap that we did last week, can't do it. We'll see what the Dolphins are able to cook up, but that is going to do it for me here on the Thursday episode, crafting a game plan to beat the Ravens. So listen, if you're going to be at the game, hit me up, please. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to meet up with you guys. Going to be there with a couple of my buddies from the draft network, including my co-host on the draft dudes podcast, Joe Marino. Uh, so we're going to have a good time. We're planning on getting there a little early as long as the weather cooperates. So plan accordingly. And if you're watching on TV, try to enjoy the game as best as you can enjoy seeing the dolphins on primetime TV and uh, make sure you keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins I'm cow crabs. Thanks as always for listening fins up. Let's go get a dub here, guys. Let's see what happens. And I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.